And we have to realize this applies to everything, but they don't know what they don't know. So Mm -hmm. we constantly have to be telling, and we talk about the funny scenarios we were talking about outside, like, what do we want to tell people? And it's important to tell people, even in a funny way, do not do these couple things. Welcome to We're in Escrow with me, Jenny Butler of The Property Closers, the podcast that opens doors to a world of property, passion, and palate-pleasing discussions. From dissecting the current market to building wealth through real estate and valuable tips for buying and selling, join me as we get to know real estate junkies in Pittsburgh and beyond. Welcome to our second episode of We're in Escrow. Um, Today, we have with us the co-founding agents of the Askin Wilson Group through Compass Real Estate. And I do have to say that not all realtors are created equal. So I am going to talk to you about how different you guys are because you bring a lot to the table that's very interesting. Namaste. (laughs) (laughs) Namaste. We also have Ann Sullivan with us here. She's a senior loan originator and team lead at Lending Heights Mortgage. I'm sure lots of you have heard about Lending Heights. They're doing big, great things. So um, this is a team that we bring together. I love to bring together all of the different pieces of the puzzle because home buyers and sellers sometimes don't even know, you know, how we're the liaisons and how we're working together in this process. So I really, instead of just talking to realtors in a podcast or just talking to a loan originator, let's bring us all together because we're all, we're all on the phone together. Let's face mm-hmm. it in a transaction going, do you see what's happening right now? <laughs> and that's part times? of today's topic is we're talking about the emotional side of it, because let's face it. We do commercial and residential real estate, of course, but, you know, we're talking about residential here for the most part today, and there's a real emotional component to Mm -hmm. this. And I have to say that I've been in this industry for 23 years, and when I bought my house as a newly single mother seven years ago, I was probably everybody's nightmare because it feels like the first time again, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So, you know, we were talking earlier, Abby, just about, like, the psychology of this and stuff. Do you want to, like, kind of get us going on? You said that's kind of how you got started in this. Yeah, so Emily and I have been friends for over 25 years, and we've crossed many paths in many different ways, and Emily, over the last year, has been quietly kind of working on me to join <laughs> her team Making as a realtor. Making it your idea well, over she, time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, she's a successful ser- serial entrepreneur, but what really got me was when Emily, I got to watch Emily do her work and work with buyers and sellers, exactly like you just said, remembering my own home buying experience Mm -hmm. and all the intense and difficult emotions that I experienced. And actually both prior realtors I worked with on previous home transactions weren't necessarily prepared to handle Mm -hmm. my big emotions. And so Mm -hmm. I want to be the kind of agent and try to be the kind of agent that understands that and can mirror that and create and hold space for those emotions. Right. And so I have a psychology and a design background and that's what I try to bring to my to That my brings a lot to practice. the table too. It's yeah. so cool. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how long have you guys been working together again? As a team. Just recent, right? Yeah. yeah. I love watching the Hot teams the come presses. together because it's really just interesting deciding why do we mesh and why is this, you know, so different from other teams. So well, you guys have been meshing for a really long time. Yeah, if you talk Outside about musical theater, theater, like <laughs> 1996, you know, wearing gray wigs and sparkly dresses. So, oh I my mean, gosh, it was a match made in heaven from yeah, early on. Yeah, we've that. been trying and succeeding oftentimes to collaborate on and off for 25 years. Wow. 
So this is just the latest version of okay. it. <laughs> Happens to be about real estate. This is estate. the 25th remix. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, that's about. right. <laughs> yes, we are about to have our 25th high school reunion. Oh, wow. I just picked that number and see, sometimes it's just... I know. It's shocking things. because of how young we look. Right. But it's also... <laughs> ageless. That's exactly Actually, what I'm ageless. Yeah, I know. ageless. You're yeah. like, mm. 12. Um, <laughs> but yeah. No, I... So yes, I did convince Abby to join me in this real estate adventure. And, um, in, in one of the first, I sort of brought her on as my coach, because as we know, in real estate, having a coach for any number of things is super helpful in this like wild west. Um, and through that we were, I, you know, there were times when I had like so many showings and just being kind and being like my best friend, she was like, I can, I can open that door for you. I was like, so sorry, but you cannot. I'd love that, but no. And then it was like, well, why don't you just do this with me Mm -hmm. and, you know, take what you've learned from everything you've done and, and also your own experience in real estate and join up our forces and our like networks in Pittsburgh and beyond. And it just made so much sense. And after a few weeks, I think she came around to it and here we are. Here we are (laughs) up in the same room. Well, we're going to talk about, you know, situations that become emotional. I mean, there's the obvious, of course, but one of the ones that we were talking about outside before we got in here, Anne, that, and we've talked about in some of our previous lunches together, everyone's talking about rates. Okay. The rates are where they are. We're not going to talk today mm-hmm. about when they're going to go up and when they're going to go down. And I think <laughs> let me get my crystal ball up. out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, but it's important to talk about no matter where we are in history, you know, with rates, how do we educate people on what that really means? Because in mm-hmm. your situation, and I've watched this over and over again, you put all this work in you, you know, you're talking to, and then two weeks before things are kind of coming together, somebody looks at you and they're like, Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not working with you anymore. I found a better rate. And they don't <laughs> even know what that means. They no. don't know how much on the back end. No, they and no so idea. that's very emotional. Can you talk yeah. to us a little bit about just what's behind rates? Just, just give us the basics. Yeah. Um, just to kind of water it down and keep it really high mm-hmm. level, there's so many attributes that go into being able to mathematically put an interest rate together. We have all these pluses and minuses that we have to look at, the quality of the buyer themselves, credit score, loan amount, length of term, what area of the state slash country they're purchasing in. That can be a factor as well and how much money they're putting down and what percentage they're financing, what their loan to value ratio is. So what their debt to income ratio is, that all plays a factor. So when somebody's like, I just got a cheaper interest rate, I said, well, what does that look like for you? Let's, let's talk about that. Like if, if they've grown to know, like, and trust me and become my customer, let me continue to build that rapport with you and take a look at, okay, I have this cost estimate from ABC Mortgage hopefully a fictitious, fictitious mortgage company, I don't know, <laughs> uh, from this other lender. Know. If you said and Steel City anything, I would assume that it's probably yeah, yeah. a company out there in Pittsburgh. But, <laughs> right. You know. right. So, and then let's compare and let me kind of walk you through, like what fees are in the origination box on the loan estimate or the cost estimate that you're looking at? And what what actually are you being charged as the customer? What do you want to be charged? Do you want right. to be charged anything? What are the rate looks? What does the rate look like at zero? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I could spend all day talking mm-hmm. about rates. Sure. However, if we're doing our job as professionals to tap into the customer's ability to trust us as the professional, as the the leader of information for them 
then it becomes an easier conversation down the road than when they're like, oh, my dad's brother told me to call his banker and they said they can get me a better rate. Right. Okay, cool. Let's talk about that. Right. What does that look like? What are you paying for? I could probably give you that same rate too as Ann Sullivan at Lightning Heights. However, you need to realize what you're paying on, you know, the back end of that, whatever it may be. And I think to tap into the emotional side to it, when you are the customer and you're, and I'm like, Jenny, I, I got a lower rate. And yeah. you're like, no, you didn't. Yeah. They're immediately defensive. Mm-hmm. They feel like you're condescending mm-hmm. to them. Correct. Yeah, or I say, Jenny, I trust me, I get it. I get it. There's a lot of information out there. Let's break it down together. I want to make sure they feel heard and understood because what's important to them? Not the rate. The rate's not important to them. Their monthly budget is important to them. That's right. Their income is important to them. Their, what they're spending monthly is important to them. So trying to make them feel heard and understood, giving them that basic human need of connection is the most important thing. And then educating them on top of that and making sure they feel comfortable and satisfied with the results. Right. One of the things Emily told me recently with a buyer is that she realized it was important for her to give that buyer a feeling of control Mm -hmm. over the transaction because Mm -hmm. they couldn't control the rates. And Mm -hmm. so... Having that intuition and figuring out how to connect them with someone who treated them like an equal mm-hmm. and gave them a sense of agency and autonomy was mm-hmm. just like a really helpful insight. And giving them some options as well. Like not just saying like, here's today's interest rate and this is what that looks like for you. Because they're like, everybody likes options. Everybody as a human being wants control. And one of a client that Emily and I had recently, I said, okay, well, here is the rate you're going to pay a little bit of money in points. Here's the rate where you pay nothing in points. Here's the rate where you get a credit. Here's the rate where you spend even more money in points. Like you have options to. And this be, is what those scenarios. Yeah, look like. and, and that's your exactly life. why when I, you know, when we speak to any of our buyers, of course, we cannot control, unfortunately, who they use <laughs> mm-hmm. for their loans. But one of the things that we tell them that is, I truly believe, is that like it matters so much who you are dealing with. I want you to deal with a real person who knows this market, who is going to speak to you like a human being, who's going to be there when you have the important questions or the dumb questions or anything, and who can work through all of these like very fine details that your average human just isn't going to understand and somebody who isn't going to make you feel like less than in any way. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, you know, not everybody takes my advice, but in addition to like being able to myself, like communicate with Anne on a particular, pro, you know, transaction or particular client, that's super important too. But for them, it's like, how can I really hit it home to you that you need to know who you're dealing with sure. and you want to, if you can meet them in person and see that they see you as a real person and you see them as a real person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we have to realize this applies to everything, but they don't know what they don't know. So mm-hmm. we constantly have to be telling, and we talk about the funny scenarios we were talking about outside, like what do we want to tell people? And it's important to tell people, even in a funny way, do not do these couple things mm-hmm. two weeks before closing, much, a month before closing, whatever time amount of time. <laughs> and people look at you when they do, if you're not really giving them a heads up, like here's some important things for you to think about. Mm-hmm. You won't even know that this would, could 
don't buy a drastically car. Yeah. take out a massive loan. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, don't maybe it's don't pay something off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where somebody right. would assume I'm doing myself a favor. Mm-hmm. And Anne has put so much time into, mm-hmm. you know, creating exactly what they need to do to make this work. Don't touch certain things. Yeah, don't you know, touch anything. Ask those actually. questions. Don't, Unless I tell to you touch to. anything. <laughs> yeah. Unless I tell you, you, you can joke with the cut and you're just like, listen, don't do anything unless I tell you to. Good, bad, or ugly, it doesn't matter. Don't do it unless I tell you to. LOL. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody <laughs> yeah. thinks it's so funny. I'm like, but really, just li- but do really. what I say and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> what other things do you find? Like, what are the emotional pivotal points for people in the transaction? There's so, I mean, I feel like one of the ones we were just talking about recently is that first time a first time buyer loses a house mm-hmm. they've decided is oh, like yeah. their dream house. Mm-hmm. And this is like their entire identity, their entire dream vision for the future is invested in that thing. They've never done anything before. And what happens after you lose that first offer? I love it. I mean, I obviously would love for every buyer to find their first house, their dream house on the first day. But I also, like, not in, like, a masochistic way or a sadistic way, I don't think. But I'm, like, <laughs> but, you know, TV. after hours, anything's yeah. game. Um, but there's a there's such a learning lesson oh, in that. Oh, it's a great push-up. Like, oh, it's oh a great push-up. Like, people will pivot so hard when they have a real tangible loss. Mm-hmm. Like, all the things you were saying to them before that could have yeah. gotten them that house. Yep. Afterward, for the next one, they're like, all of a sudden, yes, their sleeves mommy, are whatever you yeah. say, mommy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so maybe it is more what I was saying before, <laughs> but um, I, it, it's true. I mean, it nothing but real life experience mm. can change some people's minds. I think it hits me a little earlier in the process with the lending side. I don't see because you're trying to build trust a little bit, yeah. yeah. And I don't see the first emotional dip for them and like they're filling out the pre-approval application they're going through that process they're getting me documents it's like very exciting you're still not giving them like a financial colonoscopy we we haven't had (laughs) the pre-approval review call we haven't really done this deep dive into the numbers so we get on the phone and i'm like hey awesome let's do this deep dive on the numbers let's go through a cost sheet line by line and there and you can just over the phone you can feel them like oh shit like I'm being sold now. Oh I better, shit! I better step back. Because I'm being she's selling. I'm being point. sold. These mm, are numbers you know I mean? wasn't expecting. Mm. Uh, I I wanted this to. This is when it happens. Yeah. This is when she's. This is when they get one over on me, and I'm like, listen, mm. no, no, no. Full transparency. We're going over this line by line. There are no surprises. Here's some numbers that can change. We're overestimating over here. These are concrete, and if you want your payment to be two thousand dollars a month, here's what that looks like for you. And here we're preparing you to be able to make fast decisions when you're quote unquote out in the field with your real estate agent. So as people are kind of getting through that process, they're like, Oh boy, like I'm buckling my Mm seatbelt. I'm strapping in for this wild ride ahead. Like before then they're in HGTV land, right? Mm -hmm. Like they're Mm -hmm. maybe they've seen a couple properties. They're Mm -hmm. very excited about the house buying process. Maybe it's like with a new significant other, they're maybe like doing it on their own. Like they have all this emotion built up and then they get to me and I'm like, by the way, financially, you don't have to pay for the, that lavender fields paint that you're already putting on the wall. Correct. <laughs> like we got to put like pen to paper now, yeah. and they're like, okay, okay, great. This is the less sexy side of real estate. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I also genuinely don't think a lot of buyers, as educated as they may be, in even in the real estate process, 
don't expect the closing costs. No. So uh-huh. they know, oh, I have this money to put down mm-hmm. on the loan, mm-hmm. right? But then you tell them that they're going to pay another, you know, 10% of the purchase price-ish in their closing costs or whatever yeah. it might be. And they're just like, well, that seems That seems criminal. absurd. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Oh, by the way, in the city of Pittsburgh, your right. transfer taxes. Right. Yeah. Well, right. <laughs> yeah. And, right. So, and I, I genuinely think that's part of it. It's that, like, I think that moment of mm. everything outside of the purchase price of the house, the money they're going to put down, they know about commissions, but they don't understand then when you add in all the taxes and then all of the many, many fees that are involved mm-hmm. that you really need another chunk of cash. And I think that, to when my experience is the yeah. part where they're just like, oh, now, now this seems it's, wrong. I, 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 think, I, I feel ahead. like, well, I want to hear your thoughts on this. I feel like it's especially true or can be especially true for people who are like clawing their way to 20% down mm-hmm. to avoid the like, PMI boogeyman. Mm. And one of the things I remember from our conversation when we, and by the way, talking about building trust, one of the first things Emily did when uh, we decided to form a team was she said, like, I just met Anna. We need to have dinner with her. So was that so was fun. a really cool. Yeah, it was, it was great. So it was amazing. Yeah. Um, mostly just girl talk. Yeah. Um, but I thought, I think it's very interesting if you are trying to get to that 20% and you've saved that dollar amount. And then when you figure in the closing costs, it's like, I can't get to that anymore. Mm-hmm. But that was one of the first educations you gave me is like 20% doesn't have to be this magical sort of black or white do or die mm-hmm. number. And I wonder what, if you could just like share some of your insight, like, I remember my dad telling me that I had to get to 20% down. And like, whenever I think about that number, I see my dad, who, by the way, was a title <laughs> agent in Allegheny County for like 45 years. I know, still want to meet um, But, well, he'll be, visit our Instagram. He'll be featured regularly. Awesome. Um, but could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah, I love, I love that misnomer, actually. Um, I get really excited for people when they want to put additional money down. It's just a, a, such a good cost savings for them. Of course. However, when... When we look at doing a loan for less than 20% down, you people are, I want to avoid PMI. I want to avoid PMI. I'm like, okay, well, what is that? Again, when we're talking about rates, interest rates, there's a, a PMI rate, right? And I'm like, okay, well, what does that look like? Like, what kind of savings do you think you're getting? And kind of putting the ball back in their court. And they're like, I don't know. I, my dad just told me not to pay PMI. Right. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, let's talk about it. So you weren't expecting these closing costs and let's call it 5%. of the purchase price is these extra closing costs you like, quote unquote, weren't expecting. And let's back your down payment up to 15% down. Now you have enough money to get to closing. Oh, well, I don't want to pay PMI. I'm like, well, what if your PMI was 20 bucks a month? Is that a big deal? No. Oh, I I expected it to be a lot higher. Totally understood. I think PMI gets a bad rap from many, many decades ago or even several years ago. It's made some vast changes, whether you're government, conventional, this PMI boogeyman. I love that. I do. Love uh, that I love that. The PMI <laughs> boogeyman. He's registered trademark. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't try and take that anywhere. Yeah. Um, it, he's not out to get you. He's, he's out to protect the lenders investment on the hundreds of thousands of dollars that we're offering to the client. If they don't have just maybe quite as much skin in the game yeah. and it changes in increments of five. And then, you know, between 3% down and 5% down, it changes on a conventional loan as well. So when you start talking about real dollars and cents, it's like, okay, well, if you need to stay under X amount of dollars for your closing, so down payment and closing costs all combined, 
then here's what the down payment needs to look like. And oh, by the way, your mortgage insurance is only $20 a month or $40 a month or $80 a month or Mm -hmm. whatever it is. And when you start talking to them, we talked about your budget already. We talked about your monthly budget. You said you wanted to be at $2,000 a month. Awesome. Here's what that purchase price looks Mm -hmm. like for you. Here's what that down payment amount looks like for you. And the part of your payment that is mortgage insurance is X. Does that feel okay? 9.9 9.9 times out of 10? Yeah. Yeah. You're making it happen. People, a man much smarter than me, he actually owns uh, United Wholesale Mortgage, Matt Ishbia. He says all the time, people don't want a mortgage. They want a house. Yeah. So when we as industry professionals can come together and give them the thing that they actually want by the channels that we have to provide to them, title, lending, real estate professional, if we can actually give them what they want, they're happy. And if we manage their expectation, make them feel heard and connected and give them the, the essence of control that they're looking for, there's not, there's not a time that I think it goes wrong when you prepare the buyer like that ahead of time. And let's face it, I feel like in my experience, and it is over 20 years, realtors drive the bus with 100% the buyers and sellers. Yeah. That's who for you know whatever reason that's who they trust the most. And so mm-hmm. I think there's a real responsibility on realtors and it's a shame because uh I know the rules, we all know the rules. You have to give them three choices. You're not allowed to steer. Mm-hmm. We know all of that. But I don't believe I believe that actually guiding them to people like Anne who are going to do that job for them and and consistently redirecting them when they want to bounce is actually healthy and doing your job. Mm-hmm. That's really protecting them. You're still telling them you could go anywhere you want to go. Mm-hmm. You can choose anyone you want to choose, mm-hmm. but I'm representing you here. And if you start to go astray and I think that that's not best for you, I at least want you to talk to somebody that I trust and I know will be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And then you can make your decision. Don't and, you think that's so important? And also not like, and all, for also for them to trust me as the lender to know that I'm not going to like, shove it down their throat once I get them in, right. in on the phone or in front of me, like that I'll do my fiduciary responsibility and humanitarian responsibility, if that's a word, yeah, um, to just say, Hey, cool. Let me give you an, my opinion and guidance and do you. Yeah. But here, here's what Emily does all the time that solves that problem without directing just to a person. She asks the kind of questions does, do you have a phone number for a person at this lender? Can you call them on their cell phone? Are they available mm-hmm. on the weekend? Mm-hmm. What have they given you in writing? Mm-hmm. What sorts of questions are they asking you? And mm-hmm. so equipping them with the kind of questions to do the due diligence, um, I think is a really respectful way to Definitely. handle that conversation mm-hmm. and to not be a gatekeeper about like, this is the kind of stuff that you want to be, that you want to be looking for. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting time right now because I'd say 90 to 95% of clients are are like open and amenable to those sort of suggestions and I'd say there are a few who um their the, the rate <laughs> of the day yeah is very, you know dictates their mood and what they are feeling on that given day about re- their real estate journey mm. in general. Oh wow, mm-hmm. that really does. Oh yeah, because I always think about this. We, 
people think that we work so closely together, which we do, but I always say, I'm not in your shoes on a daily basis. No. You know, yeah. I, I've yeah. been in real estate, I've been on the mortgage side, but it's so interesting to hear we're talking to the same people, but so on any given day, that Ray could have them in a tiz with you. Well, and they're waking oh, up yeah. looking at social media on their phone, and they, right. depending on what they're following, that might be the first mm-hmm. thing that they're seeing in the morning. Or what sure. other platforms they follow. Right. And by the time they get to me, they're like, oh, I just saw that the rates right now are just so high. And again, what does that even mean? Right. What does that mean? To- yes, the rates are up from where they were a couple of years ago, which was not real life. Let's be honest. That was not real life. That's not a healthy economy. We're making our way back to that, but we have to do the push-ups first financially. Mm-hmm. So let's number one, manage the expectation of what affordability looks like for your budget. And let's back into the proper numbers from there. What about inspection process? Do you find like that's a pivotal point where people start to freak out? I did, and I get the process. I looked at it, I was like, holy shit, I'm calling my realtor, who's one of my best friends since high school. He goes, are you serious right now, Jen? Like, really? You've been doing this? For-? And I was like, but it's your house. So yeah. different. You know? So you're like, I need to address all of these. Th- Do you feel like inspection well, time point, is a moment? They've, they've put some money on the line. Right. It is actually gone out Real of their life. accounts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now they know they're somewhat beholden financially not just emotionally, which they also are, yeah. to this property. And now somebody's coming and telling them, you got to learn something wrong with this <laughs> Your property, house is about to burn to the ground. Right. BT dubs, like, uh, is literally the inspector's job. Mm. And they would not have a job if they didn't tell you right. every little chip of paint that was coming off the wall. And mm. that's a liability for them. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, a lot of my, you know, discussions with, with my clients when we're going through inspections are around, if they're particularly freaked out. I say, there are some things that we can freak out about together. I'll cry with you (laughs) when we see that this foundation is unsalvageable. I'll have a drink with you when we find there's mold because is it fixable? Yes. Is it annoying? Totally. Mm -hmm. You know, if we find out that the roof has a leak, I don't know if that's not like life ending, you know, so, but there are all these things, you know, um, that rickety railing is, is not the reason to, for you to blow this house up Mm -hmm. and like go cry into your pillow, you know? So it's sort of like managing like everything, like managing their expectations and in an ideal world. And actually this is something we've talked about bringing into our practice is sharing with our clients ahead of time a couple of different inspection reports, like mm. generic, mm. So no smart. personal information on it, obviously, but bringing it to the table and saying like, so look, this was a good inspection report. And these are the kinds of homes that you are probably going to be yeah. seeing. Right? And like, by the way, a good inspection report still has stuff on it. <laughs> we'll yeah. never not have stuff. But on I love it. your approach because you're meeting the customer in their fear. Mm. Cause that's the truth. They're afraid. And that's part of that. That's one of the main emotional drivers in the customer. They're afraid of so many things and you're meeting them there and saying like, yeah, you're allowed to feel that. Mm -hmm. Actually, I would be maybe concerned if you weren't a little afraid. This is a huge deal. And all of a sudden they feel heard and connected with, Mm -hmm. and it's just meeting them like just right where they are. I think that's such an incredibly missed approach by a lot of people. And this process is everything is contingent upon something else. Like when I talk (laughs) to my team and somebody is so unreasonable, 
I consider myself a, a reasonable person, but I can be that way when stress is right, anywhere in life. Yeah. And you think about just the domino effect that people don't understand in our business. There's yeah. always something happening. You know, they're buying that house, but they know that they're responsible for this person that's buying their home because they're the seller in the home behind them. And it's just this long line of mm-hmm. dominoes and everything, one is affecting the other. My son last night was talking about something totally unrelated, but um, he was like, well, and he feels like that about that kid and that kid feels like that about the other kid. And it's really just like one giant connected caterpillar. So I kind of feel like it's <laughs> sort of- i with that. It's cute. Uh, the, there's also a lot of emotions on the sell side with an inspection yeah, report sure. because yeah. it's also like somebody's telling you your baby isn't cute. Uh, you know, right. and so that is another interesting moment when the seller so has true. to deal with, again, inevitably, there will be things. And even if they know about those things, right. it still feels mm-hmm. so much more emotional and so much more personal when this so outside personal. person has hired someone to say, like, here are all the things that are wrong mm-hmm. with this thing that mm-hmm. you may have poured your, your life ego. into for right. however many years. Yeah, your yeah. ego is yeah. just like. Hold on a second. Yeah, this I feel is like my it's, house. Are you saying yeah. that? Yeah. yeah, I feel like that's why. If if it makes sense for the situation, it can be so good to do um, a pre listing inspection for yeah. the seller. Ooh, I love that. But number one, they have to be okay with that, on board, willing to pay for it, um, and then also they have been willing to gain disclose. so much more knowledge about mm-hmm. their house. They oh, have yeah. to disclose all mm-hmm. of that. But it's sort of like. Um, you know, workshopping something you're uncomfortable about. I wish I had a really fun metaphor right now, but I don't. But like workshopping, workshopping something you're uncomfortable about, like at home, practicing your your speech in front of your mirror instead of like waiting mm-hmm. until you're out on stage in front of the audience. <laughs> so you can be like, you can you can take on all the emotions that you need to take on when you receive this at the privacy of your own home, not when you receive it from somebody who is dangling money in front of you right? based on this thing. It gives them more leverage, I feel. I think it does, but people get scared because of the disclosures. Of course. But it's sort of like, this is going to come out anyway. Yeah. I would love to see more sellers, and this is me as a lender. Like, what do I care? Uh, But I would love, (laughs) it's just my personal opinion. Um, I think home inspectors serve such a vital role Mm -hmm. in the process, and I think they alleviate so much liability and risk from everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see more sellers get a pre-inspection, but again, this is me as a lender, like whatever, I don't have to deal with the disclosures on the other end. So I feel like that's, I don't know. What is your opinion? Do you think what that does that's it cost? why? I actually don't know. What like, is a pre-inspection? A few hundred bucks. A couple hundred bucks. Okay. Um, no, it's usually between like these days, like six to 800. Okay. Uh, okay, okay. So that's a significant cost. It is. It yeah. is. And it's, um, yeah, I mean, it, it can be. Absolutely. But it's sort of like an investment in uh, sure. maybe a quicker sale. So maybe yeah. you're carrying costs. I'm just saying that. I can see why somebody would think, do I really want to do this? Do well, I need this? Do you, so do you I feel like it gives you a little swagger, though, to absolutely. not have to like, And I'm not questioning it. You know what's yeah, coming. Yeah, 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 I can yeah, see yeah. where that's a stop moment yeah. where they're like. Do you think home inspectors would take payment out of their proceeds when they sell? I mean, that's a risk on that. Just, just to defer the cost yeah. till then. Yeah. I don't see why not. You know, so we, one of our inspectors mm. that we use a lot are, oh, um, we love her. Welcome home. And we love them. Heaven, Becky, and they're fantastic humans. They're like, background in environmental science. We are allowed to plug anyone we oh, want. Oh, and they're the, you know okay. I mean? People well, are good. Let's tout them. I <laughs> sold my house a couple months ago and my sellers chose, or my buyers, I was a seller. Oh my gosh. My buyers chose to use them for their home inspection and they showed up at my door like kind of sweet as humans ever. And I was 
as a seller, I was so nervous the whole time. Mm. They allowed me to be home, which I think was a little rare, but I was just like working and Did trying you work to work and follow them around. No. Oh gosh. I was like trying <laughs> so hard to be so respectful. I like locked myself in my office and I was like, just push me out of the way. Yeah. But like, it, that is a three prong outlet. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it, that is, that is GFI. I promise yes, you. Yes, but yes. I was so nervous. I'm like, what are they finding up there? And like the pest guy came and he was like, I found one ant in your attic. And I was like, what? You found an ant in my attic? And he's like, I don't know. I'm probably going to recommend that they spray just in case it's like carpenter. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? And I'm like, all bent out of shape about it. But it was something that occurred to me in that moment as a seller. I mean, my sale happened very fast, very randomly. Um, So I thought of it in that moment that uh, that would have been kind of cool to just like know what's coming, have the leverage, price your house accordingly, Mm -hmm. and go from there and take some of that like, oh, what's coming, stress out of it. And then you're like, all right, let's just move on to the appraisal. The inspection's already done. And here's the other side of that. Yes, then you have to disclose these things, okay? But you can also then disclose these things. And if you so choose, you want to try to sell it as is, you can say these things are are known defects. Please, you know, we're not going to negotiate on them. People understand that we've priced it accordingly. And we're being completely transparent. Or we're going to price it here acts and offer you a $10,000 seller credit or whatever is allowable for their loan type, like that they have that option or the seller can pay a vendor directly and it not affect their financing and say, oh, we know the carpet upstairs is total shit. Like our cat puked on it every other Saturday and we're giving you a $5,000 credit to replace a carpet, whatever. Right. We just got a cat and I'm like already thinking we're probably not going to sell our house for 30 years. And I'm just like, don't pee. (laughs) See <laughs> into every crevice. Yes, every crevice. Yes. Oh my god, you can't get that. Out. Pets are like a weirdly no. emotional thing about. Totally. Like, where are you going to put them when you're showing the house mm. and selling the house? If oh. people feel so strongly, that, I don't know what I do like with a great deal. Dane. I may never sell just because I have a great Dane and like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I, yes. I took yeah. my dogs to the dog park and I was like, are they done yet? Are they done yet? Yeah, I want right. to get the hell out of here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, well here's another plug for yeah. Compass Concierge. Yeah. Um, oh, if yeah. you're selling your home, it's legit. Like, so Concierge is a program that Compass partners with um, a lender, a specific lender who does. Um, with a pre, with a listing agreement with a compass agent, you can get a zero percent interest loan based on the equity you have in your house, and then the just you pay it back at the closing from the proceeds of the sale. It's super so great, cool. Um, so you can use it for things like dog walkers, right? Even if your house is like just perfect, yeah, you can use it for packing. But like the dog walking thing is is really it can be really mm, I have two, hard. I have two dogs and they're assholes. Yeah, like, same. They also would accost anybody. I'm yeah. only come. surrounded by dog owners who call their dogs assholes. That's like tough. But they're my, but they're my assholes. It's like yeah. I hate them, but also. People I'm, won't say that about their children because it's too taboo, but so we can yeah, say Yeah, you can say it about <laughs> your kids. No, but we do. Like, we trust and believe I got my dogs like stitched on a sweatshirt most recently. I'll show you guys in a second. She's like, so I swear mm. I love them. I swear I'm obsessed I swear with them. Them. but And we're going to have to wrap up soon, but I wanted to talk about your closing gift because it's so special. I love this. Oh, it is we, so can special. Can we wrap up with that? Yeah. So, Tell us about it. Um, part of the Ask and Wilson group of Compassari. Um, our just rolls off the tongue. It so, really does. It's delightful. Thank you. Thank you, Pennsylvania regulations. Mm-hmm. It's yes. delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we are compliant. Um, <laughs> so we... We were researching one day um, 
fun closing gifts because like a bottle of wine is cool mm. or like cookies are nice and whatever else you can think of, obviously sky's the limit. But, um, I had read about this a while ago and it's something, it, it actually is across cultures, but bread, salt, and a broom, um, are a traditional housewarming gift across many cultures. So like both, uh, I'm Jewish and, um, it is somewhat like a, an Eastern European gift, but then it's like other cultures too. And I'm sorry, I can't remember right now what they are. <laughs> Asia, but uh, so so Japan, many. in Ireland, India, all over the world. Wow. So wow. it's like very like cross-cultural. little variations here and there, but it's like very similar also. So, um, so bread, so that you never go hungry. Salt, salt, so that your life has flavor. And a broom to sweep all your troubles away. Uh, I, I love, love that. That gave me chills. And also, you're uh, never literally have goosebumps too. I know. Yeah, you're never. Nice. This is important yeah. information. Facts. You should never move with a broom. Yeah. So you should never take an old broom from a house. Leave it there. Oh, don't bring the energy. Don't bring the dirty old broom no. to the new. I'm burning my broom immediately. Yeah, get, get rid of yeah I'm yeah. burning it immediately. I'm burning mine tonight. <laughs> Seven um, years later. So not a problem. Invite me. I love it. Yeah. In addition to, to, to that, there's a functional aspect to that because in an ideal world, you haven't brought a broom and now you need a broom. Right. So, so. Um, yeah. So and actually, we, we gave one to um, clients who closed the other yes. day. And, Sweetest on and the planet. my client's partner, who is Canadian, and I don't know what the Canadian connection is there, probably just another culture that uses it, but he was like, oh, yeah, that I know what that is. That's- a? 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 Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, yeah. And he was delighted by it. And that was uh, unexpected. I mean, I, people will be delighted by anything you give them because people yes. are kind and Bread so happy yeah. when they close. Yeah. I just absolutely love that. Yeah. But yeah. It, it's also, you know, yeah. it's a little witchy. Brooms are a little yeah, witchy. Yeah, it's cool. It gives and, some spice to the whole mm-hmm. closing thing. I want you to tell people how to find you as we exit here. So, you know, if people are just listening and they're not seeing us on YouTube with any graphics on how to locate and find you, mm-hmm. ladies. Yeah. <laughs> At Emily Askin Realtor. On Instagram. But our website is coming soon. We had to make some so changes, exciting. but okay. um, yeah. The, the URL will be bread salt You know, broom. compliant, I'm That's sure. Cool. Compliant. That'll yeah. make it very easy for people. Bread, to... salt, broom. I am approved with Anne on Instagram. Okay. And uh, you can, I'm very attentive to my messages there. Um, just Anne Sullivan. Uh, I think it's like my NMLS number and blah, blah, blah to be right. compliant again on Facebook. But uh, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Thank you so much for having oh us. My gosh, this has been so fun. fun. So fun. Yeah. And I do love having women in the studio with me. It's always a fun How conversation. Cool. So I really love working with you ladies and trust working with you. So I thought it was very important to have oh. you in today. Oh, Thank and you. if you have any bakers listening, we're always looking to feature local bakeries for awesome. the loaves of bread. Yeah. Ooh, so we always like to work with other small businesses. And Emily, I know mentioned the broom makers, but we're really looking for local Pittsburgh Western PA broom makers. Okay, spotlight. Broom Reach out makers. if you if you are one or no one. Shaker style brooms, anyone? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> little well, salt. Yeah. Yeah. Little sprinkle. Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh salt sh- company. Give a shout out to mm. Pittsburgh salt company. Oh really? Oh my god! Yeah, um, they make like many different kinds of salts, including just straight salt. But they'll have like dill pickle salt, berry Pittsburgh sriracha. I love that. Sriracha and salt. I'm a salt girl. What? Sriracha um, salt, oh, habanero barbecue, truffle salt. Oh yeah, mm. the list goes on and on. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, down. Yeah. Catch them down in the strip. 
Mm-hmm. All, all right, right girls. Yeah. Well, thanks for being here today. Thank you for having us. And thank you all for listening. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.